I feel like, ladies and gentlemen, I could give you an introduction, but I really don't need to. As of this moment, by the time you get this, I'm off social media. And you know what? I feel like everyone has stated the obvious about if you have something to speak your mind about, use it. And you know what? I have a podcast. I have a means of a vehicle to use to spread message of things. So I'm going to do it as much as I can. Now, I am no intellectual being to give you all the professional or educated documentation information. I can only give you what you will. But I'm hoping that everyone, no matter what skin color they have, is listening to this podcast episode right now because this is as serious as I can be when it comes to this episode, perhaps, in a sense of it. And I really wouldn't call it an episode. It's more of a special sense of it because it's more set case. Now, the last episode I posted was basically a video that I addressed about two situations. Um, one, a situation between a man, an innocent black man who was killed by police and a white comedian who 20 years ago painted his skin to look like that of an African-American comedian and why there was more outrage on that comedian's blackface than the death of another innocent black man. And I felt like, you know what, if I'm going to make that addressment about that situation and not go forward in that sense, I need to make it really clear more on the information in the situation now. So let me read off these names so you'll understand what I'm talking about. Clifford Glover, Claude Reese, Randy Evans, Yvonne Smallwood, Amaldao Diallo, Sean Bell, Oscar Grant, Trayvon Martin, Jordan Davis, Jonathan Farrell, Ayanna Jones, Eric Gardner, John Crawford, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, The Charleston Nine, Sandra Bland, Corey Jones, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Terrence Crutcher, Keith Scott, Jordan Edwards, Stefan Clark, Botham Sean, A.T. Tiana Jefferson, Ahmaud Aubrey, and George Floyd. What these names have in common is that they're innocent black people, men and women and children who were killed, assaulted, and violated by our own law, our own law enforcement. Some of these people have done nothing than the clothes on their back to having an innocent situation of jogging or looking out a window or driving the car, even to the point of going to a party or some cases. It doesn't matter what they do in their life. These men and women innocently died by the hands of the people who are supposed to serve and protect America. I'm pretty sure by the time you're watching, listen to this episode, you have seen what's going on for the last four or five days and continuation. This is something that a lot of people would say that I should say something in the case about it but I don't or I don't have the right words to address it. Now, if you checked on my Instagram 
or my social media, I've spoken the words about this as best as I can. Now, only reason why I'm addressing to you of the fact that I'm speaking the best way that I can, because keep in mind, I am mentally able, so it's hard for me to be socially inept to use the right pronunciation or words to address it. But if you can understand the emotion that I am speaking in my voice, in my tone of voice, you can understand that like Killer Mike said at a press conference after a riot in Atlanta, I too am mad as hell. Now on one side, my fellow people, my fellow Pat Blacks have gone out to the streets protesting, putting up signs, peacefully addressing the situation and not be silent. Telling others, especially people of non-color, to speak out. And we will address that in a minute on that end of it. Speaking the word, letting people remind that the fact this is not new to us of dealing with this situation. On the other half, buildings are destroyed, set on fire. Libraries, businesses, small brick and mortars vandalized and destroyed. And some of them have not even been done by many of these protesters, many of these people, riots has happened. Now, to some people, especially the people of non-color, and I need for my friends, fans, and listeners of non-color to understand, because some of you who I am hurt have defended more of the fact of the riots and destruction that you're feeling more for, more than the lives of these black people. And you probably didn't even know it. So let me address a few questions, and I have these notes down, so I'm going to make sure I get this right. Now, the first question I have to ask, if not riot or one knee, what way? Many of you remember athlete Colin Kaepernick stood on one knee to address the situation of, of innocence violence. But many of you, like most people, who feel patriotic, felt that it was a sign of disrespect when it was nothing about the flag that was the reason or the or the military or our government. It was more about the innocent black people who were killed and why no one is saying a word of it. It was that initiative. The moment he did that, people work with the quickness, especially people of non-color, insulted him, said words to him. Many of you have said it. You're being unpatriotic. You're disrespecting the flag. You're disrespecting the soldiers that are fighting for us and our country. Now, there are people in the streets from Atlanta to North Carolina to even LA, out in the streets, destroying properties, trying to get the word across about this same, same situation, this same issue, the very same issue. And yet you people are standing there with your jaws dropped. You white people, I'm sorry, I, I apologize, but I'm going to say it. You white people stood there with your jaws dropped saying, why can't you do this a peaceful way? Well, we tried that initiative, if you don't remember. We all did the same thing with Kaepernick. We stood on the one knee. That was our peaceful option. So my question is, if we can't stand on one knee during a salute to the flag, 
and we can't burn down a target, if we can't destroy a target, I'm putting that address out there because that actually happened, we can't destroy a target store, then what way do we need to address to the government, to the law enforcement, to the people in charge dealing who are observing this situation, knowing this is wrong? If neither of these options are what we need to do, then what options do we have? Dr. King once had put a protest of peacefulness in a situation for Selma. I'm pretty sure you all remember what happened to Selma. The same thing happened to some extent of it. There was the option that Dr. King made, his, his speeches, his marching in Selma. Then there was the other option, riots happening, people burning down buildings and uh, destroying homes. This is not new. This should not be new to all of you. My heart hurts for many of my favorite celebrities of non-color who, and uh, friends of non-color who first defended the fact that these situations of destroying homes and buildings were wrong. Now, I'm going to address a sub-situation to that. There are a few people of color, of my friends and celebrities and people who I support, who also, as well, has said this is wrong. We're mad as hell. We need to take initiative. But at the same time, they're saying we don't need to do this. We don't need to destroy buildings because they're that's what they want us to do. And keep in mind, I do understand that. But I have to address to you people as well. If we can't stand on one knee to send a message and we can't riot, then what option do we have? What other option do we have? There's no other option. It's that ultimatum. We've stood in front singing songs of overcoming sense of it. We've done the kumbaya. As one guy mentioned in the video, we've done the kumbaya shit. Y'all just hated it. Y'all said we are mad about it for it. Now we take this option and you're ashamed that we have to deal with this. And we know some of you white people are not smart or are smarter than that. We know some of you are smarter than that. And to the fellow black people who have said this same thing in a sense of it, but are still protesting with us in a sense of defending about bad it is, you have to understand. We know we don't want our, your children and your grandchildren to see this. We know you don't want us to have this look of an example. But you have to understand this has gone on for years. What other option do we have? If you're mad as hell as we are mad as hell as uh, fellow blacks, then you should understand this is a situation that was bound to happen. Now, to be fair, to some extent, and I'm not defending those same black that I'm addressing to the same of it, there are some people we do need to watch. Apparently, there have been a few footage of information that there are police officers undercover who are instigating riots. There are people of non-color who are instigating riots, blame, getting us blamed for it. There are even videos where there are African-American protesters who peacefully are trying to stop others from vandalizing buildings. So, yes, to some extent, we could change that. And if we could do the whole 180 from the riot situation, that would be great in that sense. But how long is it going to last? 
That's my question. I feel bad that all those houses and those buildings and those businesses, whether small or big, are being destroyed. I do. I feel bad. But honestly, it was bound to happen the moment this injustice happened, this situation happened. The Achilles heel of that situation was the death of George Floyd and the fact that not one, not one, but all three officers, but not, well, not all three, but only one of the officers responsible for his death was charged and arrested. And the other two and the other three were not. It's as simple as that. And then the worst part is that we have a current president head of state who basically said the words, I believe the quote is, uh, if they start looting, we start shooting. I have never been more livid of a quote ever in my life. That sounds like something my great-grandparents would have been told by white racist. No person with that much power should ever utter those words. And it's disgusting that we have someone in charge. But you know what's funny? Yet people defend him, yet will still talk bad about Obama. Now, perfect example of that situation, I have to call him out, but he would probably never give a damn because he's a celebrity. I once was a true heavy fan of Lupe Fiasco. I felt like he was the truest mind of it because as a black man who is interested in nerd things like myself, I found the only person as a rapper who was equal to me was him. Hell, had his hair cut, wore the same sweats as like myself. Only difference is he came from the south side of the hood. I came from the suburbs of Ohio. But the moment his third album was released, which we went to protest on because the label was being a dick about it, one song ruined it for me. Now, I believe it's true that black men have been in jail or have been arrested in prison innocently, but it's going to take a long, hard process to get that straightened out. It is. And right now, we have so much on our plate of innocent black humans being killed or in jail or being distrusted or destroyed or hurt or any situation that they're victims of because of police and law enforcement innocently that we need to address those first. And I'm pretty sure y'all remember Lupe did a song, I believe it's called Words I've Never Said or Thoughts I've Said, I forgot the name of the song, but it was on Lasers. And he got a lot of controversy for it because he wrote a song about the fact that President Obama, quote unquote, didn't do shit. And... He got a lot of controversy because of that. On one end, there are many people in the music industry who have supported what Obama has done. What he's tried to clean up. Because of what Bush did in the sense of it. And what's worse now, this what Trump has done in the last four years was way worse than what Bush has ever done. He makes Bush look more safe than us. That's the disappointing part about this. And yet, despite all this situation, Lupe has not, I don't think, said anything about it, except the fact of, I just, I told y'all. And that disgusts me. 
since then, I've never picked up a Lupe album ever. <laughs> and I'm kind of glad that Atlantic dropped him. None of his new work I've ever listened to. I don't give a rat's ass about Wasalu Jaco. After his second album, that was pretty much it for me. And the fact that he still has that mentality to even now just tells me why I don't find him relevancy. And at the same time, it also makes sense why I feel he still associates himself with Kanye West. And we don't all need to talk about Kanye because recently in the last few days since this situation happened, more and more celebrities have gone out to say either they want to help or they're saying to tell people to stop to address this issue from all colors. And the surprise of it all, not one word. From Mr. West or Miss Kardashian. Not one word. And the surprising thing about it is, while everybody, my my fellow black friends in the hip hop world who are hip hop heads still defend Kanye's actions and was there when they defended them against the whole thing with Taylor Swift, and yet Taylor Swift has said more about the crimes that's happened of innocent black people being killed by police officers more than Kanye has. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am not a Taylor Swift fan. I have many friends, two of my friends who are Taylor Swift fans, so much Taylor Swift fans, they Taylor to an extent. I am not, if anything, a Taylor Swift fan, and people know this, yet she has said more about this black crime, about this situation of innocent black people dying by law enforcement and about Trump than anything Mr. West has ever stated. She puts out stuff on that sense of it. Kanye puts out a church album. That pisses me off. And I had and I wouldn't have been the music producer if it wasn't for Kanye. I went to his concert back in Orlando back in 2004 when he first dropped the college dropout. But enough about him in his credential or, or Lupe. My thing right now is the fact that there are celebrities out there now who have been silent and there are other celebrities who are saying you shouldn't consider those celebrities uh, who are being silent. Don't think they're getting attention. But this has been blowing up for the longest in that sense of it. But my one thing is, is my upset of the people of non-color who are saying, who are more focusing on the riots and less on the protest and the issue at hand and less on, and more on the riots, the destruction in the buildings. And then the felt my fellow blacks who are more worried about that situation, yet they still want to be mad, but say that we need to. Yeah, I get it. Killer Mike at the point said he didn't want to be there when he made an addressment in the uh, Atlanta by saying that we should organize, strategize and mobilize. The man once even said that black people should be able to have the right to be defensive by having firearms with them to defend themselves, which a lot of people took wrong. But honestly, that's a mentality of someone, a militant of the sense of it. That's Killer Mike's opinion and sense of that. Now, I respect the man and his music and his artistic status, a case of it, because health are all. Let's not forget, this man was a Bernie Hell supporter and still is. But some of his active methods in the sense of it comes from a different perspective. There are militant backgrounds and there are more of the sense of perspective of peaceful sense of it. 
And yes, they can even sometimes use Dr. King and uh, Malcolm's speeches and Malik Brother Shabazz's speeches and their thought processes to use an example. Anybody can do that. Bernice King, who I believe is the daughter of Dr. King, has stated, there are many people who have used my father's words but don't understand what they mean. But try to use it as an example to defend the, 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 of the actions that black people have done that's wrong. And it's like, no, that's why I'm like, and I completely, completely support her for that. Now, my second question is based on the situation that I mentioned earlier before, for you white people out there, your reaction to this situation. Now, I'm going to give it to you like this in a list of it. If your first reaction is more on the destruction of property than the riot situation, then you don't have to say you're a racist. You just pretty much shows what you're defensive. But you might as well call yourself one, a racist. If you want to say and dignify the fact of the innocent maybe situations that a, a, a police officer has done more than what happened to any of the black victims then you're obviously consider yourself a racist even if you're not called even if you don't believe you are it doesn't matter how blue in the face you can say you are those actions speak louder my third question this is for my fellow white friends who have considered themselves allies or understand what's going on in the world today with this with these situation actions that that has happened across the US these are for the this but this is for a particular demographic it's for the white people who have witnessed assault of black people by officers I know there's a lot of interracial couples out there who have seen black people who their black spouses be innocently assaulted by police officers I know there are some families who have adopted children of color, white people who have adopted children of color who have also been violated because of police. Now, I'm not saying that a police officer would beat a child, a, ba a black child, no. But I'm pretty sure there's a police officer who have questioned a 12 or 15-year-old child thinking they're going to vandalize it. I'm pretty sure a police officer has stopped a white woman, a mother, a white mother who has adopted a black child because he assumes that maybe that black child is smuggling. I'm pretty sure there is a white woman or a white man who is in a relationship with a black person with a black person and have seen after coming from a dinner thinking that they're going to assault them, especially when it's a white woman dating a black man. I have almost had that situation happen before. No lie. There are many times I've had to address a white girl that I've dated on the situation that there will always be an opportunity that a white or that a police officer will strike me down between our date and think that I'm assaulting that woman. It scares me every single day. Fortunately, the women that I've dated, especially the ones of non-color, have been more of an ally in a sense of it to understand it because otherwise if they were not dating me a man of color they wouldn't be an ally wouldn't make any sense 
There's never been a woman who is race, racist dating a man of color, never. Now there have been women who have families who come from backgrounds of racism, but they've always tried to make themselves individual of it. I've officially dated a girl once who her great grandmother did not approve of me dating her granddaughter. That's what ended the relationship actually, because she was old school to be quote unquote the term. She was not comfortable with her, her, her daughter dating a black man. It happens. And I'm pretty sure my brothers out there who have dated women of white color, of whiteness have had that happen. I'm pretty sure that's been the same thing. I have many friends, black fellow black friends of mine, many flat black friends, brothers of mine, who also have dated women of non-color who have been through that same situation. So I'm pretty sure we can all relate. And I'm pretty sure that's also flipped on the script of things. Don't think for a second that our black sisters have not been innocently uh, squat, stopped by cops in a situation with men, and have and also have made it look as if the men were and and made the cops and the cops made it clear, made it look as if the men were victim to these black women. There's always a situation that happens. Gender has nothing to do with it. Uh, now my fourth question goes back to now my fourth question originally was about the difference between life and a brick and mortar that's extended to that part to what I said before the fact that people are more worried about a, a building a house, a factory than a person's life and that also goes back to what I said before about the second question of reaction. If you truly believe that a person's black person's life, especially a person of color's life, is more is less important than the fact that you find more important a building, a store, a brick and mortar that can easily be insured and replaced. If you find that more important than an innocent black life taken. It doesn't matter how many times you're blue in the face to say you're a racist. That mindset automatically makes you a racist. It will make you a racist upon my eyes. It make you a racist upon anybody else's eyes. Now, my other last question in this situation is ancestors. This goes back to what I said before when it comes to men who have of color, my fellow brothers who have dated white women in the sense of it, or women of non-color. But this also goes to the women and the men of whiteness who have have relatives who shown signs of racist when it comes to you dating a person of color, especially to the like I said, how have you addressed that situation? Are they willing to be open to of discussion? If they're stuck on their ways to say that, hey, I don't, I'm not okay with you dating a black person. I will never be. I don't respect black people in that sense of it. I don't care for black people. If you feel that they have that mentality, I'm afraid you're going to have to make a decision. Now, it's not my choice to tell you that you should not be with your family. No one should split up with a family, but you will have to understand, depending on your relationship with this person of color you're dating, and depending on how you feel, mindset, about people of color. It's going to affect your relationship with your elder. And I'm only saying elders because 90% of the people who still consider themselves more in the racist prejudicial sense 
are from elders because they lived through that century. The 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Those years, racism was still around in its more heavier set situations compared to now. Those situations they've lived in, they've adjusted to it. They've been through that life to know that, hey, it was normal. Some of them were raised by their parents in that situation of that style. But do you really want to have to deal with that constantly as long as you're in a relationship with a colored person? Are you willing to still accept that emotional damage or emotional negligence of the fact that your elder, someone you probably appreciate and care a lot, still feels that the person that you love, that you're willing to give half of your life to, who is different because of the color of their skin is different than yours, that they find it repulsive. I can give you another perfect example in the sense of it. My father, despite my relationship with my father, my mother and my father, and before their breakup in the sense of it, my mother has had a discrimination within my father's family. My father's mother, who I feel is not appreciate, does not deserve the respect or my appreciation to be called my grandmother. So I apologize if I have to refer to him, her as my father's mother. I feel like to earn that title of grandmother, you deserve that if you give them the respect to my parents. And that's how I feel a sense of it. My father's mother does not deserve that. And I'm going to tell you why. My For years, she has felt that my mother was not worthy of my father. And it was mostly because of the fact of the color of my mother's skin. My father's mother is non-black, but she is of, she is biracial. Uh, Hispanic, black, and a little bit of North Native American, I believe. But more of her Hispanic and Native American is shown within her. My father's mother's name is Catherine, by the way. So I might also address her under her real name. Now, Catherine, for years, had been disrespectful to my mother, had never appreciated my mother, even during after my parents got married. It wasn't until years later when my mother, even though they were married, did not make visits to Catherine at my father's old home. Now, I believe my father's father, his name is Robert, so I'm also going to refer to him as Robert. So Robert and Catherine, my father's parents, uh, while my father, while Robert had no much care for my my mother in a sense of it, Catherine made it very clear she was not respectful to my mother. So my mother, so whenever there was family outings, my uh, my um, I'm sorry, Catherine's house, my mother would never show up. It would always be my brother and me with my other siblings. It wasn't until I was 11 or 12, I believe, that I, at one point I realized that Catherine did not have any respect for, had any, not respect, but more of negligence of myself and my siblings because we were also colored children. Imagine 
your grandparents coming over to have a family dinner and you want to get a picture with your children and your and your grandparents and your grandparents don't even want to touch you in the picture because they feel that you're you could catch a disease now any germaphobe could say something like that in defense of it i will admit but the way she had stated it according to my father was the way that he had made it seem because he made it, she had made it very clear after the picture was taken she did not want to touch those colored children imagine saying that in front of two children who are all seven to eight years old and this woman's supposed to be biologically your grandmother I had to deal with that for 30 years and within 10 of those 30 years I had to pretend to put a smile on my face give her a hug because she was old she was senile and she was she needed a lot of help I've even came over at times after college was done with class I would come over to her house and fix her computer because she would look at me as the techno grand killed kid I would come over on holidays and spend time with her, with my father, out of respect of my mother. That was the only reason why. So when she passed away, I did not go to her funeral. But I did tell my father I send his my prayers. But that's about it for him, not for Catherine. My mother, for 30-something years, had to deal with the fact that my father's mother did not want her to date him because of the color of her skin. And now that the divorce, well, before they passed away, Catherine and Robert felt that it was a blessing in disguise. So, to my friends of non-color who are in relation, interracial relationships, I've observed that situation from that angle. My question to you is, are you willing to make that sacrifice of your elders because of the relationship you have, the friendship you have? Hell, you might not even have a relationship with a person of color. You could just have a friend of color and your elders would not respect you for that. Are you willing to throw that away? That's a question you need to ask yourself because sooner or later, it's going to come to the point that it will be addressed in the room between your friendship with that person of color and your elder. And if you choose your elder, it only means that you were not up for the cause in a sense of it. I hate to break it to you. It's the honest to God truth because it has to be one or the other. And it mostly and it needs to be the other half. Now, the other option, there's three options in a sense of it. There's, there's always the, the, the three options. You can stay loyal to that elder and become a racist like they are. You can leave that elder cut that other off and be happy with your life and your decisions or you can make the option of reasoning with them now the only reason that option is the latter of the sense of it is because it's based on their response now if they respond with not badging or backing down which I feel stubborn as a mule then it's the other two options and that's the hardest decision you're going to have to make So, aside from that part of the racism and the violence and the situation of that case of it, and I'm going back to my notes here. 
there are other problems in this situation when it comes to what the recent situations that's been happening of these crimes. The one thing is, is it's showing a lot to the point of it. Now, the one part that disappoints me personally as a nerd is the fact that it's opened up the gates of the cosplay community's defense of it. Now, for those who are not familiar in the cosplay community in a sense of it, the community in the cosplay world is always to be of unity, love, respect, and friendship. Now, it sounds like something from a My Little Pony case of it, but honestly, the brony, whole brony family situation came from the cosplay community. It really did. Because it's, it's those same values and teachings that we give each other in the cosplay community. We all, because we're supposed to be unit together because of the fact that, hey, we are all nerds, weirdos, freaks of it, but we love the same stuff together and we're willing to dress up as these characters that are based on fantasy people and we're willing to be silly and show our love and admiration for these characters and these shows and these comic books and these games and these movies of these people or celebrities that we love and know. We want to be, we're, we're all being weird together. Basically, it's the one phrase of let's be weird together and love our weirdness to each other. That's what it's all about, especially in the cosplay community. And I say strictly in the cosplay community, mostly in the sense because I'm coming, it's coming from me on my perspective as a photographer who has worked in this community. I became part of, I wanted to become part of this community, more value in the sense because of the fact that it, no matter who I am, what I like, what I dress, how I think and how I love things of it, I would not be judged on that. I would still be given the love and appreciation by somebody in that community in the sense of it. Not everybody has to. Oh, believe me, the cosplay community in the sense of it, for those on the outside who don't know, there are some people in this community who don't like each other in some reasons. There are. Don't think it's all that. I thought for once early in my career, I thought it was like that, but it's not. There are some people who are very vindictive and selfish and doing it for just clout reasons. And those people have been ratted out. And that's what's happening recently now. Back in, um, I believe, 2016, 2017, I went to Colossicon. And it was the first time in a year I went to Colossicon because I was in Arizona. A lot of you know I relocated to Arizona for about seven months back in 2014, 2015. I came back to Colossicon. And... The one surprise that happened to me was there were three things that happened during that time. One, I got to reunite with Jessica Negri because I lived, uh, I went to New York Comic Con and I met her. This was the second time that I would meet her. She went to, she went to Comic Classicon for the first time. So she recognized who I am. So I was very excited about that. And everyone knows who Jessica Negri is. Um, but the second thing was I got to meet Mika Burton. Now, of course, many of you know Mika, a.k.a. Michaela Burton, or Mika Burton, is the, not only is she a cosplayer, an actress, a voiceover actress, a gamer, but of course, she is also known to be the eldest daughter of actor LeVar Burton. A very well-known actor in the African-American community and Hollywood. Basically, he's the other reason why I also don't mind wearing glasses, because I always felt if Jordy LaForge, his character from Star Trek The Next Generation, can be blind and still work in engineering then i can be a 
a geek myself with glasses and not be ashamed of that. While I don't have engineer skills, <laughs> that's a whole different story. The point being is meeting her, not because of her father, but because of her credentials was an honor for me and I got to work with her. The other highlight was I got to meet a lot of famous cosplayers at the same time. Daniel DiNicola, um, I believe Vivica was there. Um, uh, Daniel Bandalu was there. And so was Stella Chu. I believe I had found out that Stella Chu has gone to the cosplay wow. Now, for those who don't know, Stella Chu is a Asian cosplayer herself. She's very well known. Right up there with Vampy Bit Me and Yaya Han. Very famous, very famous. Um, and I got to work with her briefly a, w a little bit, a sense of it. So it was very honored to shoot with her. Recently on Twitter, she had made it very well known while everyone was making posts about their support as uh, non-colored uh, or non-African-American uh, people who were allies during this black movement of Black Lives Matter, she had made it very admin clear that she was trying to ignore the situation. Many cosplayers who were fans of hers and non-fans of her had called her out on that. Now, I could go like Richard from Review Tech USA and you on TV to just say the same thing of defense of her. But I'm not going to do that. I felt what she did was wrong. However, my notion is, is if people are not going to say anything in the sense of it, either they're scared or they've made their decision. And the only way I know when I usually socialize with somebody is I ask first. Now, if I ask, are you meaning to do this intentionally? And they say yes, then that's a problem. But from what I saw her responses on that, she stated the fact that she didn't know what to do. And people had to correct her for that, which I admire them for doing that. My problem was the people insulting her in that state of it without asking her. The moment that she made the test, you're just gonna make this post about this and not worry about what's going on in the world. How dare you? And I'm like, you know, she could be scared that's another thing in this community that also why I joined the cosplay community. Everyone who I'm friends with in this community all deal with the same mental health problems that we've all faced. Anxiety, social problems, depression. As much as we can talk to each other, there are many of us who have a hard time trying to communicate with each other. It's easy to do it with each other sometimes, but it's not always easy. We all have that awkwardness to try to break the ice. That's what brought us together in this whole community in the sense of it. And even someone as popular as her can be in that state of it. And no one wanted to address that. And that's the problem I have is most of the people got mad first for her on that. They have every right to be mad at her, but were wrong to insult her in that sense of it without knowing why, without asking. That's my problem. And... That's when I had to address the fact, like everyone else, if you're going to be that way, if you're going to be angry and not know what to say in that sense of it, ask. And that's what brings me to my next situation. Because I will get to that point in a minute, honestly. But I want, but again, I'm sticking with this this part of the notes of it. Because again, I'm going off of my notes here. Because <laughs> I'm very hard when I do my tangents. I'm like Kevin Smith. I'll go off one and go to the another. I want to stay on focus with this as hard as I can because it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to get this done as quick as I can to let people know about this. 
my thing is, is there are several other cosplayers, unlike her, who are not willing to listen and still posting that. And those, unfortunately, have made it very shameful. There were two in particular, I believe, that have made it very clear. Lisa, I believe one of them is not Lisa Liu. Um, one of them is uh, Cosmic Princess. She was one of them, I know for a fact. It disgusts me when I see cosplayers, famous ones of non-color, who are admiring our culture, whether it's this music we listen to or the fashion that we have, and yet don't say anything about it, even after we ask, have you seen and known about it, or are you willing to say anything? And when they don't say anything or not respond, that's when it's a problem. And that's what it was when people like her Cosmic Princess. Now, the only person, the only cosplayer I called out personally on that sense of it was a cosplayer named Jennifer Ann because I was a supporter of her. She had to address to me that it's hard for her in social media to try to organize herself in doing that, but she realized she made the mistake. But I just told her, look, I hope you're seeing this. And she's like, well, I actually been posting about it on Instagram. Okay. I, I apologize in that situation. I approve. Of, I appreciate your support. Deleted the tweet. Simple as that. But then there are other cosplayers like Cosmic who has not said anything even after we address this. Are you seeing what's going on? Do you want to say something about it? Are you ashamed or scared of anything? Or do you just not want to ignore the situation? And when it comes to them not speaking out, not saying anything afterwards, and then still making posts, whether it's about their streams or uh, their lewds, in photos, sexy photo shoots, that's what it says disrespect. Because you rather your business, your profitable situation, you're making more of a difference than the fellow people that you be, you become friends with in this community who could be no different than any innocent person of color who is being assaulted and d killed. Any black man or woman who is a cosplayer who you're friends with could be a victim of the same police brutality the same ones it doesn't matter and you're willing to say to hell with those people even if i'm friends or fans with them i'm just going to stick with doing what i do with is making money and success off of my body with cosplay or with my success in my streams and games and you are more finding that important than worrying about the fellow people who make up your fan base pretty much up to 40 to 50 50 to 60 percent of it Especially if you're a cosplayer who has absorbed a lot of that culture. And let me make it clear. Your culture, your, you, you have, many of you white cosplayers have absorbed our culture. From the characters that you've cosplayed, who are not even of color, but represent similar people of color. To the style, you, to the music you listen to. To the fashion you wear, every sneaker you wear, every uh, color style outfits you wear, even if it's some Asian dude that's wearing it, where do you think they got it from? Hell, the fun thing that surprises me this year during this whole situation, and I've seen more protest outside of America that surprises me. I've seen New Zealands doing protests while doing hakas especially New Zealand Samoans. I have seen Londoners going out and supporting, uh, putting Black Lives Matter support has protests out. I have seen Japan 
protesting for Black Lives Matter. That I never would have expected because I think finally Japan gets it. Years ago, my mother and my father, when I told them I wanted to go to Japan, they were scared of me because they felt that the Japanese would ridicule me, insult me, and would assault me as a black man. Because let's not forget what happened back in the days with the with the, uh, Pearl Harbor and the whole thing with Hiroshima and shit. And let's not forget about that. Because we were during those wars too. My parents would hate the thought that the, my parents were feared of the fact that the Asian community would be very prejudiced to me. And instead, we always said to ourselves, us in the black community that says, then how do you think they got our culture? The music that we listen to, they've absorbed it. The, the style that we listen to. Perfect example. I give a perfect example. The whole street racing concept did not come from white people. It came from blacks. I'm pretty damn sure of it. All that Fast and the Furious shit, all the hip-hop teriyaki boys and shit, all that, that came from the black community. Let's admit that. And you know what? If it wasn't for that, we, they would have never done that. Many Asian rappers wouldn't be existent if they not known about the hip-hop world that came from us. Even the styles they close. Nigo, I believe his name is, the artist behind the Bathing Ape, one of the biggest fashion statements in history in streetwear in the Asian community. You think his style came from just from in Japan? No. I guarantee you it was influenced by black culture. And the best way he knows about it is the fact that people like Pharrell, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne wear his stuff. He gets a profit out of that from the sense of it, from the, especially for the black community. Because he knows where the demographic goes in that sense of it. So, don't think that our culture did not influence the sentiment. Now, again, there were some moments back in anime and in some cultures and stuff that their racism still was a, 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 a rise on that sense of it. But it's changed now. So to see the Asian community even support us, black people, during this situation is a shock. It shows that that change of it, that other cultures from other countries are even standing out to say this is wrong of what's happening and should not be overlooked is something of love I would never expect. I never thought I would live to see that day of it. That's the positive of this situation, personally for me. Now, now back to the cosplay community with that same sense of it. It's why I personally understand why people are angry at certain cosplayers or that, but my thing is again, go it the right way. Ask them first to see if they're scared to say anything. Because I admit it, for all you people, white people and Asians out there who don't know what to say, I get it. It's a scary situation to tip your foot into that pool, hot pool of anger and rage and discrimination. It's hard to dip yourself in that situation because you don't want to deal with conflict. I completely understand that. But that's what I'm going to get to in the last part of it. And. If you bear with me, you'll understand why I say that. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to address the solutions to the problem in this situation. And in that sense of it, what I'm going to say is when it comes to 
The solution, it's something that's two things in a sense of it. But it depends on that demographic. Now, when it comes to the people, the solution is super simple, is one simple situation of that. Speak out and vote. Speaking out does not just mean just speaking and saying words on Twitter and hashtagging it. There are several books, there are several situations about online that basically address these situations. Many books, many novels, and uh, many uh, articles that address about what goes on in the world with this situation. If you have not read the Jim Crow book, that's a starter for you right there. That's a very, very start. good start for you. I'm going to go off of uh, one list as of right now to give a good idea of certain novelizations that's good about that sense of it. There are articles, websites. There's an article of a decade of watching people, black people die. That's on the NPR code switch that you should look into it. Um, there's a uh, an article from uh, uh, from Dr. Uh, Abraham, X, uh, Abraham X. Kendi, who is a historical professor of uh, director who's writing for the Atlantic, who's a best-selling writer. Uh, I believe the book is called How to Be an Anti-Racist. Perfect example. Another example. There are many books that are for anti-racism resources. A book, so many of them. Um, the New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Um, a Spectacular Secret. Lynching in American Life and Literature. Those are just a few of them. Um, any book that helps you understand about racism to the point that it helps you reflect on anti-racism is a way of starting. That's a way of making a change of it. Not just writing and reposting or retweeting a picture and a link. It's more than that. It's about real situation about it. It's about real documentation. There's a post from, um, let me find it real quick if I can pull it up online on my most of it's on my twitter if you go to my twitter feed as of the time you read this watch this listen to this episode there'll be probably a lot of tweets that basically write about this um uh, um a master's in sports psychology uh and former athlete emmanuel acho has actually posted a video that basically talks about a thread that tells how you can stand with us and people that look like us the black folks. we're basically saying educate yourself that's the main bar of what I'm saying educate yourself and speak out learn about this situation because that's the only reason why we feel you're not understanding us and what we're and the sovereignty and injustice that we're dealing with is the fact that you don't know it and that's what I want to tell my fellow brothers and sisters in this black community if there's any person of non-color who is asking what to do don't just be mad at them give them the resources tell them what to do don't just say well you need to be angry educate them give them the knowledge and the resources that we've known for many years that we've gotten from our ancestors from our great great ancestors from our families from people who we respect in our culture 
and to give to them to understand and learn and grow from it. Because if we don't, that's what change is all about. Because if we don't, they're never going to understand. You see a white person that says the same thing about the fact that they're more worried about the riots and destruction and less about the black people, and yet they still want to feel like they're an ally, but they don't know how, and they're asking? Give them the answer. Don't just be mad at them. I've seen more angry black people who are not who are responding to people of non-color who are questioning who are literally asking what should we do why who are not giving the answers they're just angry and nothing's going to come out of that that's no different than that that the fact that you're responding with no answer no solution to them well, because of their, what they're saying, when they're just trying to understand, makes it even more why, the reason why the situation of why riots are happening. It gives them more reason to understand why they want to be angry. Two of my favorite wrestlers, Tori Wilson and Jer Chris Jericho, who I know are not racist. They can't be. They've worked with every culture in sports entertainment. Both stated online that they don't understand about why, that, why there are riots and destruction of property happening yet people are more mad at the fact that oh Jericho you're not with the cause Tori Wilson you're not with the cause we're ashamed of you but they don't understand they're asking give them a reason to give them a reason why they shouldn't be mad don't just say we're we're mad at you and again I am not defending white people who are saying this I'm not I'm just saying, think of the logic of that. At the same time, at the same time, while I am not defending them, I do understand the reason why of destructions of property. I'm sorry. Like I stated earlier before, we've had that solution before. We had the peaceful protest. This is the nuclear option. And you know what? It's sad, but it got attention. It's sad we had to resort to destroying public property for people to listen, to shut the hell up and look. That's what it took. To the point that I have literally looked online social media and I have seen half of every company from Ben and Jerry's to Twitch Right about how they stand in support against anti against racism. PlayStation made a public statement that they're delaying their press conference about their new console because of this because of the because of this uh, racism. Several companies, everything from fast food to. Uh, electronic companies have all made public statements saying that they stand against uh, a, a, a racism that they hashtag Black Lives Matter they made it clear and the support of theirs even though some of them are questionable like for example WWE while they made also a statement saying that they support Black Lives Matter and the fact that they give respect to their black associates and athletes I wish I could say that I could believe them Because why? Because they've made several problems attention during the early 90s of that situation. 
when ja- when Vince McMahon was talking to John Cena, who basically stole our culture to make his persona. And here Vince McMahon say say the N-word in front of Booker T. From that to Jordan Miles, or ACH as he's now called, a wrestler who had high potential, an African-American wrestler who had high potential at NXT and WWE, leave the company and protest against it because of a colored shirt that made it look of, made it, of it look like it was on racism. A t-shirt that was symbolizing blackface. So yeah, I, there are some companies that need to be addressed on that. And believe me, on social media, they're not left out. They have been questioned. But then there are some companies where people are saying, where people are basically speaking out, and we believe them. Like Ben and Jerry's, I will go back to again. They literally posted a link basically stating about the true facts of police brutality and the culture of white supremacy. Now, Ben and Jerry's, an ice cream company, one of the most recognized ice cream companies in the world that was formed by two white hippie dudes <laughs> are basically stating on that with facts that shows that this police brutality is another example of white supremacy. That is unbelievable. <sighs> but that, again, it's showing progress on the sense of listening. Now, there are a lot of celebrities who have also stated they're stopping their projects, stopping release dates, stopping uh, protests. Some have stated that they won't be online at the time of it within a few days because of this culture situation, because of this protest situations. And it's come to the point from what I've read online from some states that it seems like every state in the United States has all come to this protest of the situation, have all made protest. The last time I seen something of this nature was Ferguson. So, if anything, like I said, it's some progress, if not a lot. But that doesn't mean that it's over. What we as the black community is saying, even after you make your tweets, make your posts, send donations, do your reading and education if you have to, and even if you vote, which is the other option. And I don't really need to explain to you about voting because let's make it clear. We all know this supremacy situation is led by one person. My question is the sense of it is, will you continue even after the protest, even after the riots, even after the angry messages that's been said by many people, by angry black people? My thing is, is will you continue? That's the question. Will you continue to continue to support and stand up for equality for us? I'm speaking directly to you white people out there right now listening to this. Every white person out there who wants to consider themselves an ally because I want to believe there are good white people in this world. I want to believe it. 
I'm I live in a I live in a household with them. I have a friend of five, six years who is one. I'm in a somewhat of a small relationship with one. And I want to believe that every single one of them who are not colored, who are not African-American, that they are supportive of me and my people. Just like I want to be supportive and I want to make sure that every one of you out there, every one of you white people out there is supportive. That or 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 are willing to start supporting, because this is not something that needs to just fade away and be quiet again. We've had too many deaths by innocent men, women, and children, black people, to have this happen. This is the only reason why it's gotten worse, because after death, after death, after death, after death, with the injustice that's happened. It still hasn't changed. And enough is enough is enough. I've made it clear officially by the time I did this episode, I've made it clear to every one of my white friends that I've once agreed to disagree with them on their opinions about Trump that I'm no longer going to bite my tongue. The reason why this police brutality is going on because of white supremacy and it starts with Trump. I don't need to give you the reasons. You can ask every single person of my color the reasons. You know the facts. You see the situations. There's no need for me to address that. So, if anything, that is self-explanatory. To my my fellow brothers and sisters of color, I just want you to know that if there's anyone out there who still wants to be an ally and still are given the opportunity to ask what to do, don't be angry at them. Don't just insult them. If, if they're reaching an open hand to invite, to have us invite them to learn, to grow, to change, and support us give them that now when it comes to the law enforcement that's a whole different situation it's it's a hard pill to swallow in the sense of it because i've seen many times there are law officers who have actually supported the cause and there are some who are willing to listen the police chief of atlanta is a perfect example Many people praised her at one moment because she went out there to listen and almost stated as if she understood and supported what we were going through in that fact. And what happened? The next moment, she defended herself with the officers and what happened and the uh, situation that happened with them and less for us, the black people. So I can understand why many people are even more angry. Now, I'm not going to say I, I'm not going to say there are good cops in the world. I can't I can't say that, honestly. I hell, I had a cop in my own family. My father's brother, my uncle was a law officer and he was crooked as they came. It is. 
So I am sorry to my friends and family or my friends more of non color who have family members who are officers of the law. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all my white friends who have friends and family and spouses who work for the law, for law enforcement. Hell, I live right across the corner from a fire department. But I'm sorry to all my white friends who have law officers in their family. I'm sorry. But I can't trust you as throw as you can throw you. There could be one moment where you have a bad day and you decide to take it out on an innocent black human being that'll end in the way it did. For all we know, those officers who assaulted George Floyd could have had that same reasoning. Just like every other officer who assaulted every other black victim has died from police brutality. They all could have had the same reason because they had a bad day. It's still no excuse. None whatsoever. Because your own emotions should not mean that you should take it out on a life, especially one of another color. None excuse. They need to be held accountable, period. That is what we're asking for. And arresting one out of four officers responsible for George Floyd's death is not going to cut it. It's not. That's why the riots are happening. That's why the protests are happening. And the fact that we have someone who has high power in Washington, who's ignoring that situation, who's not even making it clear in that situation, who's willing to state a racial, a racial phrase of if they start looting, we start shooting. That shows he does not care time and time again for this racial community. Prove existence of that. Shows exactly why he should not be running office. That's where the voting comes in. Now there are several states that are currently voting as of this month. And there will probably be more down later. Depending on your state. You need to make the necessary situation. Now I, I get it. We have to vote the lesser of two evils because as much as I was fine with Biden being vice president, there have been several accusations from him that doesn't make me feel comfortable sleeping at night knowing that he is running for president. We had one option. And once again, many people either didn't take it seriously, oversaturated in it, or it was responsibly because of the Democrat Party. We had an outlet solution, and that was Bernie Sanders. And yet, people still didn't want to give him a shot. This happened before. So, now that it is no longer that sense of the case of it, we have no other choice. The social injustice that's, that's necessary in the case of it the oppression that we're trying to raise awareness for. That's what this is all about. It's not just one or every one of the black deaths of every black person who has died from police brutality. It's not just that. 
to my fellow, to my friends of non-color, we've been fighting this situation since the 1960s. And over and over again, we're tired of this. And we know many of your ancestors probably helped during the Underground Railroad. Many of you, many of your ancestors walked with Dr. King and Selma and protested with us. We're not saying that's this is the same thing that we're saying when you say all lives matter. We understand that. But it's like I tell some of my friends, you know, there's always going to be some bad eggs. Hell, there are a few there are black people in this society. Unfortunately, there are black people in this society who are more support who are not supportive about this of the instant black deaths. They're more supportive for Trump. They're more supportive of the police officers. They exist. But it's like I tell some of my friends, there's always stupid everywhere. <laughs> but we're not focusing on those people because all they're doing is attention-wise assessment. I want you to understand and I'm making this episode essentially because I want you, I want all of you, especially to the white folks out there, my friends who are white, to understand what we're doing, why we are fighting, why we are making noise in the world, why this is, why this is happening and why we have to do this because it's gone too freaking long. So, with that being said, there are many, if you are able to go online, social media, and check online, check this, but I know for starters, there is a website, I believe, called blacklivesmatters.ccard.co, I believe that's the website, that's a place to start. From there, further down, be sure to just know that case of it. In the sense of reading up. If you have a friend who's black. And you see how angry they are. To the point they might not talk to you in a sense of it. And you don't understand. And you want to support but you don't know what to do. Ask them. Ask them what you can do. If you're any person of color. Of non-color. Who wants to know what to do and doesn't know what to say. And you have friends and family of color and you know they're angry as much as I am, as much as everyone in this culture is. And you don't know what to say and you want to help figure out what to do. Ask them. Speak out. That's what we're asking for. Saying nothing, ignoring the situation and doing things on your own is not the solution and that I also and I want to also address that to all my friends of non-color with mental health I get it it's enough to make that trigger hard I've had many times with my mental health that I don't want to say anything that I don't want to get involved because I don't like conflict I don't like confrontation I get that it's scary as hell but this is one of the moments in time that you have to say something or at least state why you can't say anything there's always that initiative to say, well, I don't know what to say, 
because I'm scared that the conflict's going to happen. I'm scared that if I say something, I'm going to offend my friends of color. I'm scared that my friends of color will attack me who don't want me to be involved in this. I'm scared because I don't want the people of color who I'm friends with or family or I know or I care about with to think I'm racist too just because I'm trying to say something that I'm mixing my words with. It's okay to be scared on it. It's okay. It's scared. We we understand that to the sense of it. But what we're asking you to do is wise up to listen, to grow and learn and be angry with us. Because that person who is next to you of color, who you care about completely, could not be cannot be there in a moment because of police brutality and white supremacy. That's why I tell every single one of my white friends, I live every day like it's my last, but not because of what's going on with nature, mother nature, not because of the fact that um, the end of the world. No, because of something simple as me getting pulled over by the police. Something simple as me walking down the street and the police officer pulls me over and thinks I'm a threat. And I could just be holding my camera in my hand. And I get it. You can't do a lot, including protest, because of what's going on in the world with this whole virus situation that makes it even more fucked up. I get that, too. I do. But that doesn't mean that you still can't find a solution even at home. Call up one of your friends. Hit them up on YouTube. On uh, Hit them up on Skype or Zoom or Discord. If you have their phone number, address it to them. Reach out to them on social media if you have to. If that's the only contact you have, if you have a neighbor who you're friends with in that sense, reach out to them. Whatever you have to do to show that you want to learn, that you want to listen, that you want to understand why and how this situation is going on. I applaud any white person who is willing to change, who was who once was racist and willing to change and understand us to understand the oppression and the situations that we're going through and willing to change that by extending a hand and say, well, help me understand. Now, if they're not willing to still understand even after all that, that's their decision. And it will always come to the point where they'll see the conflict between us. But anybody who's willing to change after learning and growing, after listening to us and and doing what we've said to do, That's a progress. That's an improvement. And we need that more than ever. And I'm not going to lie. My fellow black people and myself, we, we know there are some people who will not change. They will see it as a progression. They will see this as a winning moment for them. They will see this as nothing more than something good for them it's disappointing it's heartbreaking i know whether it's celebrities and politicians but we cannot ignore the situation that's for damn sure we can't so to my fellow friend to my friends of non-color who are out there right now listening who are willing to want to step in, protect us black people, 
to help defend of us, help sit with side with us and tell us that you're here with us, that you're willing to stand and fight for us, that you're willing to make sure we stay alive and make sure that we are still loved, cared for and respected like us, like fellow humans, like Dr. King wanted us to address in that sense. Other than the fighting, those people out there who will make those addressments of that. I want you to know that if you continue to be that way with us and continue to support us in that way of it, tell the next person, address it to them so they'll understand. Pass it to the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person. If we can make that grow, that truly will be a change. A change that Obama had prayed for that we needed to do in the first place. A change that needed to happen since the 60s and 50s. Because I'll tell you one thing right now. If nothing changes even after these protests and riots with another black death happening, I'm scared of the next African-American man or woman and child, another brother and sister that I respect, that I, uh, that I loved or even know could be that next victim. And how long is it going to be to this world stays the way it is and intact for another death, another death of another fellow black person? I'm not willing to die for the fact of and the sense of injustice of it. It's not happening. If nobody's going to protect, defend me because of my race in the sense of it, then I don't need to worry about anything else. So that's my thoughts of it. What I'm trying to say is, is I will not be the next black victim killed by police. But if something doesn't change, I could be. Many of you who know me, many of you have grown with me, many of you have known me for years and appreciate what I've done what I've said, what I've done to help you in your lives. I won't be here for long if something like this doesn't change because I could be no different than any of those black, any of those, any of those victims of police brutality who share the same skin color as I do, who've had lives like I did. Mothers, fathers, husbands, daughters, sons, any of them. I could be George Floyd. I could be Mike Brown. I could be Trayvon Martin. I could be John Crawford. I could be Mike Brown. I could be any of these people. I'm no different than them. I share the same skin color as they do. I share the same discrimination that they deal with. I deal with the same oppression that they do. No different. I am no different than them. And everyone else black like myself is the same way we're no different on that we all share that same situation that's why we call ourselves brothers and sisters even if we're not related that's why we say it because we all gone through the same oppression came from the same motherland in the same sense of it and that's going back to Africa for you racists out there saying those words for us to go back to Africa that's not going to solve anything so with these last words, again, I want to address one last time to my fellow, to my friends uh, of the white community 
who consider themselves allies, who have done their part. For those who have done their part, have fought their way tooth claw to defending us, I thank you and I appreciate you more than you know. And while you may not have gotten that appreciation and thanks from some of the black community, I'm pretty sure you will in time. And to those who want to fight for the cause in that sense of it, all I ask for you to do is reach out and ask how. If you don't know how to, the first step is asking. After that, when somebody gives you the information to you, it's your decision on what to do after that. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for taking up the time for listening to me tonight. And then I hope that you'll take everything into advice of what I've stated. And to my fellow brothers and sisters out there in the protests and riots who are standing out, speaking and having the action and ability to cause the cause. Know that I'm standing with you all. Know that I'm fighting with you. Know that I'm speaking out just like you are. Hashtag Black Lives Matter.